you're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions. The worst investment you can have is cash. Real estate acquisitions. Your financial advice depends on who you are. And everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. Like anything, whether it's, you know, a sporting event or just plain old, you know, investing in cryptocurrency, uh, people have, you know, the polarized. They are on opposite sides and some are for it, some are not. And honestly, some are just confused. So I know a lot of people are confused. I get a lot of questions in in reference to crypto. Um, When we talk about alternative investing, which we do a lot for our clients about building the portfolios and how they're able to be more creative and, and gain not just wealth, not just cash flow, but they're also able to leverage, you know, later on. One of the things that's, that's, that is brought up is crypto, like, right? Cryptocurrency, digital currencies. And what, what Dr. Kelly brought up um, in the discussion, which was great, um, one of the things is that when crypto was initially uh, brought to the stage, right, through blockchain, it was honestly about creating a better payment system, right? A better payment system, more of a peer-to-peer um, without having to deal with banks. And I think that's something that people often forget about. Because right now, when you think of crypto, the average person, normally novice investors, they view it as just a tool for capital gains. That's how majority of people um, approach crypto. And when you think about that, whenever you are speculating or taking that position with any asset, what you're doing is you're not actually investing, you're speculating. And give me, I'm going to give you an example. Um, when it comes to currencies, right, a quote-unquote currency, a currency is normally something that is going to be accepted, um, that will be widely accepted. Okay, but now by widely, what we mean is that majority of people will accept it and not just majority of people majority of countries majority of businesses etc etc all right so if you have a currency let's better just just do it this way imagine having a diner's card or better yet a discover card remember when discovery first came out um discover was not always accepted everywhere right it was visa mastercard that was basically basically it so imagine have imagine going back and having a credit card like a Discover card that is not widely accepted. All right, that will become an issue. The other thing is in other in a country like uh, El Salvador, where their currency and their economy um, is basically ran to the ground from a value valuation standpoint. Okay, GDP, etc. Um, many people are using or tapping into uh, the digital wallet. And although crypto enthusiasts think this is a great a great sign, it's going to be a guinea pig, it's going to be a case study essentially that just shows why why crypto is so great. This is another perspective, okay? I want everyone here to imagine something. Imagine if we all were paid in crypto, all right? Imagine if we all if we all were paid in crypto. 
And if you want, you can possibly imagine that we all are paid in Bitcoin. Now, one of the things is that Bitcoin is a currency, quote unquote, that is restricted on the amount that is that is actually pushed into the market. OK, that's one thing. The other thing. So there's a supply and demand, supply and demand there. Right. The other thing is that as crypto is being pushed in the market, I want you to imagine that you're expecting a, you're expecting your weekly paycheck. Your paycheck is going to be, let's say, five thousand dollars a month. All right. And you're you're waiting for your deposit to hit. And you notice in the flash on the evening news that um, that your particular cryptocurrency, let's say Bitcoin, is up 50 percent. Right. So you're ecstatic. Right. Because that means that, uh, you know, your five thousand dollars is almost uh, doubled and you're going to you're, you're going to be on, be on your merry way. Right. Now, put that on the flip side. OK. Imagine same scenario. But one caveat, and the caveat is that instead of your cryptocurrency going up that day of 50%, what if it went down by 50? What if that $5,000 that you were expecting for your expenses, whatever else, right, living expenses, is now down? It's now at 2500 bucks. okay? That would cause a lot of problems. So one of the issues, one of the biggest issues, is how volatile it is. Now, something else that they're looking at, especially those who uh, make loads of money when it comes to investing and learning how to zig and zag, right, um, different markets, there's no true correlation between when and how crypto dips, dives, or expands versus other asset classes. In other words, what most Intel, I'm going to say intelligent, because <laughs> this doesn't mean that people aren't intelligent. But what most savvy investors do is that the reason that they diversify is so that they're able to be fluid throughout investments. All right, that's the real reason. When, when you hear people saying diversify, 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 if you're not being fluid within those investments, hogwash. It really means nothing. Like, don't even care about it. Don't even listen to that. All right, if you're if you're not going to be fluid, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you an example of what fluidity is in investing. Quick example. If you notice that um, if you noticed that interest rates, as an ex- this, is a, this is an example, if you notice that interest rates um, as they go up or down tends to impact the pricing of real estate. Okay? And let's say that you're noticed that as interest rates are going up, you're going to also notice that prices will go down, right? So as something's zigging, something else is zagging. So then you may want to go ahead and switch or liquidate or take your equity out of that particular asset class and then put it in another. Let's do one more example. Um, Let's say that you notice that there's a correlation between Apple's stock and Microsoft's stock. And that you notice that whenever Microsoft is having a boom, that for whatever reason, Apple is having the opposite uh, impact or effect, right? And vice versa, right? Um, so you'll be able to zigzag in that re- that regards. Um, but as far as asset classes, if you notice that one stock is going down, but then you notice that gold, there's a correlation between these between these two. Where now, as that stock is always going down, gold is always going the opposite direction. Okay, and and the thing about it is, with cryptocurrency, you're not able to truly predict that. 
As a matter of fact, you can have a CEO tweet something and all of a sudden, you know, that particular cryptocurrency may dive, it may go up, whatever. It's not truly going to be dictated or it's not really going to correlate with many or any um, other asset classes that people have seen of as of yet. All right. Um, so the, so because it's so volatile and there's no true correlation when it comes to other assets, it makes it very, very difficult. Now, on the positive side, what's great about crypto is that crypto is not tied to any additional assets. By tied, I mean um, it's not in the same regards as a mortgage-backed security, all right, to where although the real estate market, quote-unquote, could be doing fine, but the underling or the underneath with having uh, mortgage-backed securities, as an example, is what can actually be a de-threading or derailing of the entire economy, right? That is fantastic, okay? That is fantastic. However, crypto right now, especially Bitcoin, it's more or less based on a first mover advantage and not really uh, based on the asset itself. In other words, um, for your cryptocurrency that you, that you have in your wallet right now, if I wanted to sell, sell some Bitcoin, I'm going to obtain or I'm going to exchange that for whatever someone is willing to pay.